Thanks for tuning in to Men for the Win, a podcast hosted by David Kufis and Dan Thompson, two avid fans who appreciate well-played baseball, especially when it's done by the Twins. Men for the Win is sponsored by The Grand Group with Edina Realty. Are you looking to purchase a new home in the Twin Cities area? Or perhaps you're trying to sell your current home? Whether you're upsizing or downsizing, The Grand Group with Edina Realty will meet all of your housing needs. Contact The Grand Group by emailing thegrandgroup at edinarealty.com or call them by phone at 612-817-8751. The Grand Group with Edina Realty, three-time Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine Super Agent Award winners. On this episode, David and Dan recap the Twins' three-game series against the Chicago White Sox. Thanks for listening, and joy. Thanks for tuning in to Men for the Win. My name is David Kupas. With me, as always, is Dan Thompson. The Twins lose three straight to the White Sox. Our hopes have been dashed for the season. If there was anything to signify that the Twins will be sellers at the deadline, a sweep to your division rival is certainly that. Dan, are you are you doing okay? Do we need to, should I send some soup or something? How are you doing over there? Well, when is it? When does Vikings training camp open? Yeah. I thought they were supposed to be competitive until then. That's the goal, right? You just want to get to the point where you can start following the Vikings and they failed, Dan. They failed. Oh, they that. failed. I mean, we're at July 1st. How fitting. The Twins are now 33 and 46. Ugh. The White Sox are 48 and 32. That's the record we thought the Twins were going to have. Yes. We're close to it Accurate. at this point. And they didn't play in game one. That was weird. They didn't really even seem to rain in Chicago. Yes. Did that throw them off? Who knows? I'm so disappointed, Dan, because I was so excited last episode and I was starting to you do the math excited. in my head. Yeah, I really thought enough. they could do it. Even if they had won two of three, had they even lost two of three, I think I would have been like, yeah, you know what? That's probably it but even had they won two of three i could have at least pretended to still have hope dan and here's the thing with these games game one and three they really did have a chance to win those baseball games they got out of hand game two was something else oh man they didn't look as good as the white Sox. i think that's pretty clear correct i do wonder you know you look back to the beginning of the season i know we've done this a couple of times i don't think it's close right the twins have underachieved more than any other team according to like preseason rankings yeah i think without a doubt i think the pitching staff just didn't come together the bats actually have been pretty good but I think we've we've just seen so many blown opportunities. And it, but I don't know. I say that now. It's like, well, they did score enough runs generally in this series to win if the pitching was just anything close to mediocre, right? But it yes. just wasn't. It was it was awful. I can't get over how much emphasis this front office put on kind of guys coming to rehab. And they really only signed, I guess, who do you even say was like their A1 sign for the offseason as far as pitching is concerned? Probably Ooh. what is that column A? right? Yeah, I guess so. I, I guess you said Colome. You wouldn't have necessarily said Robles. Robles has been fine. Yes. But other than that, you, you would have hoped that the starting pitchers, Jay Happ and Matt Shoemaker, would have come to be serviceable starters. And, and they really haven't. Correct. And certainly Shoemaker didn't, uh, as we saw with his release. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Dobnak. I mean, maybe the guy that you would hope, and he wasn't a free agent signing, but the way Dobnak finished last year, the way they signed him to, you know, that deal that pays him forever, it seems like, <laughs> about about a million dollars a month. Yeah. It just didn't work out. It was it was rough. So anyway, let's let's jump into the series recap here. Series recap. Folks, we don't want to spend a ton of time because I got to be honest, nobody wants to relive this series. We don't want to relive it. You don't want to relive it, but we will give you the highs and the lows. Really just the lows, though. So the game one... Twins lose this one 7-6. This was the only interesting game out of the uh, bunch, I'd say. Maybe game three a little bit, but game one, Twins lose 7-6. Maida does not look good. He only goes four and two-thirds, gives up seven earned runs. Seven earned runs. You heard that right. Five walks, four strikeouts. Season ERA now at 5.56. There were a couple of bright spots here, specifically Donaldson's home run. And, you know, Cruz had a decent outing. What is going on here, Dan? I mean, you needed to come into this game firing knowing 
that your whole season relies on this series going well. Yeah, and I wonder how much the rain out in some sense slowed their momentum just a little bit. I think if, if they play on Thursday and Maeda starts then, maybe it's a little bit different. He has, he hasn't pitched well on extra rest. Yeah. Which was a weird stat. I think I saw his ERA was noticeably higher. I don't remember the exact number, but he just wasn't in rhythm. The White Sox came out. And here's the thing. The Twins did have a lead in this game. They had two runs in the first inning. Uh, Donaldson hits that home run. And then the White Sox get one back in the first. And then they even it up in the third. And then they have that four run fifth. But the Twins battled back. That yeah. was, I mean, it was really fun to see. They had chances here at the end of this game. Opportunity that you didn't think was going to be available. And then when it, when it finally wrapped up and the Twins still lost, it was just sad. It just seemed to steamroll from there, Dan. And we saw your buddy Alex Kirilov, right? He His base running here was on display with that aggressive play yes. in the ninth inning. Yes, which, I mean, absolutely. It, it almost worked out. Um, but in the same... Eddie Jr. Oh, Eddie my Jr. gosh. And we saw it again in game three. So... I don't have much else here on game one. A close game. It was seven to six. It was a fun baseball game from that perspective. But again, the Twins needed to win this one. Yeah, I think if you were going to watch one of these games again, probably this one. I'd say. Oh, without a doubt. Without yeah. a doubt. The only reason I would say as we transition into game two here, the only reason I would say we should maybe watch game two instead of game one is Donaldson's Donaldson's drop of the bat after the homer that he gave in in, uh, the first inning. We'll talk about this later, folks. There's been a lot of drama with Josh Donaldson and pitchers, specifically uh, Lucas Giolito, as well as, uh, well, really at this point, the entire White Sox team. Josh Donaldson just does not like to go to Chicago unless he has some sort of drama to bring with him. And did you notice that the Twins pulled Donaldson late in this game? I think that was just to keep him from getting plunked. Yeah, likely. I mean, just to get him to step away, um, which I thought was a good choice. Gilberto Celestino hits a home run there, too, in relief. I don't know. Those are the bright spots, I guess, in a 13-3 to loss. No, my goodness. This was just an ugly game. Ugly, ugly game. Ober started. He started off pretty well, actually. You thought um, in the first inning, things were going swimmingly, Dan. I wish it would have stayed that way. Yeah, you need to pitch more than one inning, though, I think, as oh, a starter. Oh, is that how it yeah, works? Oh, man. Oh, twins aren't used to doing that. No. So then <laughs> just to look at this is silly, folks. Look at this scoring line here. So. In the second inning for the White Sox, three, third inning, one, fourth inning, one, fifth inning, sixth, sixth inning, two. To score runs, Dan, in that many consecutive innings, you will never win a baseball game if you allow that to happen. Well, but you know what? The Twins were throwing Matt Shoemaker out there. I thought maybe they had a chance. You know, you know maybe him... he would really come in and close the door on the, the White Sox. The thing is, like, so now Shoemaker, folks, if you haven't heard, he has been released from the roster. He is no longer a Minnesota Twin. Doubtful in my eyes that he's picked up anywhere else. Your thoughts, Thompson? No, I don't think anybody picks up Shoemaker, David. I think he's done. His ERA is 8.06 and with a, a decent number of innings. It's not like this is a small sample size. Correct. Yep. Too, too many samples do we have <laughs> too many Matt bad Schumacher. samples yes, here. three home runs he gave up three home runs Ober gave up three home runs i got tired of watching white Sox home runs yeah it's not not an enjoyable experience i don't want to talk about this one anymore let's keep moving game three guess what folks twins lose this one also in case you didn't see that coming twins lose this one eight to five they did make a run uh this one got a little bit more interesting here in the fifth inning the twins put up four they put a couple of good hits together and then the white Sox just continued to push two runs in the sixth two runs in the seventh and the the Sox win this one eight to five well it's four to three right after the four run fifth for the twins and then barrios just can't there's kind of that awkward play it's a it's a grounder between first and second that nobody's really in the right spot to get and then there's a double and then the inning spirals out of control i thought that was a key moment in in the game because again we talked if if the twins can at least get a game out of this series maybe there's a little bit of momentum to be built i know that that's kind of a stretch at this point even then still but that was a key moment and barrios really you know he didn't have a great outing yes that is the case here so he went five innings pitched three earned runs one walk 
No strikeouts, Dan Thompson. I know. For the first time, they said it after the game since April of 2018. That's a lot of starts. Are we starting to see the downturn here? So the back end of the season? We're not even really to the back end of the season yet. Is the downturn already started for Barrios? That's, you know, that's a fair point because he he tends to have some kind of a struggle midseason. Sometimes he, I think, I think he's ramped up back in September sometimes. Yep. Well, it's, it's not a good time for him to have a downturn. It's not good for the Twins because he's a potential trade candidate. And it's really not good for Barrios in any of those scenarios because he wants to get paid. Correct. He would like to get paid absolutely dan well anything else here about these games again i folks we don't want to talk about these too much because they are quite depressing i will say you know kirilov was again kind of a player in this he had a double he had that nifty slide into home (laughs) to score a run to kind of i mean it was that's a cool highlight to watch just from a from a baseball stand. I just love watching those games. Andrew Elton Simmons had a nice double play where he fielded a ball kind of on his knees, ran to second and made the throw to first. That was fun. He's fun to play. There was that one moment when the Twins should have had a double play, I thought, that would have gotten them out of that inning. And the thing is, though, some of this doesn't matter because of the way the rest of the game went. It just after that after that fifth inning, it just didn't feel like the Twins were really in this game. You can kind of see it, right? Leave their faces, the chances that the season was going to be anything, that they had any opportunity to turn it around. And it really, at this point, it's done, Dan. Like anybody who's still out there listening thinks that this team has any sort of opportunity to come back. You got to come back to reality, folks. That's that's what needs to well, happen. Well, just, just wait, David, till they sweep the next series and then you'll be, uh, you'll I'll be, be singing back their on. praises again. Honestly, if they, I feel so terrible about this, but honestly, if they sweep the Royals and then they sweep the Sox, I'm going to be like oh yes it's totally happening buy me the postseason gear it's gonna be terrible they're not doing that all right let's let's press forward into the segments Puckett's picks winner. well dan this is this is a sad time for me here my streak has come to a close but you've started a new streak dan (laughs) which is very (laughs) exciting here so folks if you're unfamiliar Puckett's picks each series uh the listeners as well as myself and dan pick a player that we think are going to do exceptionally well and then they score a certain number of points based upon different statistics dan took sano the thing with sano well it's it's pretty much always going to be either a very high number or a very low number and this is interesting, folks. So if you're a listener to the show, you'll know that last week, Dan took Kepler, and Kepler scored negative four points, which is almost the lowest score ever recorded in Puckett's picks. The only person who scored lower is Miguel Sano, had a negative five outing at one point. And Dan, this is impressive. It I would have this this honestly this, this would have been harder to do than picking than picking <laughs> like winners I think back to back here certainly. Dan took Sano, who scored negative four points, two series in a row Dan you managed to get a guy who scored negative four how do you do it I also am having terrible luck picking Rocco's brain here and understanding (laughs) who he's actually going to play I remember I think even the Twins' own website posted a story, like I think it was right before the series, about how Miguel Sano's having trouble finding playing time. I thought he was going to play three of the four games. They ended up only playing the three games, and he only really appeared. He appeared in two. He started one of them. How little faith do they have in Miguel Sano right now in this team? They have about the same amount that I have, Dan. <laughs> so what does that tell you? He came up twice in game three with the bases loaded and two outs, and of course he <laughs> struck out. And he was up 2-0 in each of those at-bats. Miguel, just hit the ball. Now, he can hold off one low slider oh away, gosh. Dan, but only one one if they throw it to him again you know he's gonna swing and again teams that are familiar with him it seems know how to pitch to him the white Sox know how to pitch to him here and and he left what like nine guys on base in this game Ugh, i'm sorry <laughs> maybe should i just be trying for that to pick the I'm, i've lost six times in a row it's here, the george costanza no method. it's the george costanza method dan do the exact opposite of what you want to do and it's bound to work out for all you all right who did you pick yeah so we i didn't th- even talk about that. i know i just i'm so sad that my streak came to an end so i had three wins in a row folks with a rise and i stuck with them for the fourth time and he only scored me one point 
So unfortunately, the winners go to the listeners here. They took Cruz and he had 14 points, which is honestly a pretty good number. And had you told me, Dan, at the beginning of the series that Cruz was going to have 14 points in Puckett's picks, I would have told you that the Twins did not get swept. That would not have been something that I thought happened. I know. The birthday boy today had another big game. He's looked, again, his average is up to 310. He's yeah. one of the best hitters in the league. Oh, and he's going to be gone, and it's going to be sad, Dan. It's going to be but sad. But it is what it is. So anyway, season record here. I'm going to say it. Dan's in studio. It's his last time in studio uh, until August. He'll be back visiting, which will be fantastic. But so I'm going to say it Dan's way as far as wins and losses Thank are you. concerned. So Dan has six wins. I have 12 wins in the listeners have seven wins it doesn't sound good either way david i got a lot of work to get cut up (laughs) absolutely well let's keep going here beast versus bench beast versus bench is losing fun is losing fun you know, I have to put Cruz. I thought about Donaldson given his couple home runs, but I think Cruz was obviously trying to win them this series in, in some sense. He looks so sharp. He seems that he can hit just about anybody well. He's hitting doubles. He's hitting home runs. So it's it's got to be Cruz. He had such a big series. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you here. I don't know what else there is to say. Nobody else. I mean, Kirilov, it was good to see him, but you wouldn't have made him the beast, right? Like, no. He had an okay series, and it was good to see him kind of start to be a little bit more of a developed player, it seems like, and have a little bit more confidence, but he didn't have the series that Cruz had. So I'm in agreement with you here. It's got to be Cruz. What about your bench? Yeah, so I'm going to give it to Shoemaker, mainly just because it'll be the last it's time the- we say his name on the podcast. So. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that. Oh, We might say him again. <laughs> I suppose, I, just, in a mocking way. We might, this is yeah. the last time we'll talk about Shoemaker in a way that he's in the segment, there you go, and yes. it's not some sort of pun or joke at his expense. But Think so, of all the puns I'm going to lose now without I know, Shoemaker. Shoe and Maker? That's two that's different two words. That's two fantastic man. words. Yeah, I'm not going to have them now. Yeah, they're gone now. Wow. But yeah, so it's got to be Shoemaker. When the Twins signed him, it really looked like a good signing, especially at the cost that they brought him in. However, it just turns out that experiment didn't work. That whole rehab, the uh, the old career with the Twins, unfortunately failed. Dan, who do you got on your bench? Well, I have to put my man Sano, given the way that today <laughs> he just could not get the job done in a couple of key situations. I, I know coming up with two outs with the bases loaded is a different situation in some sense, but doesn't it feel like pretty much every time he comes up to bat with the bases loaded, he fails to yes. do whatever it was he's supposed to do, advance the runner, get a sack fly, something. obviously hitting a home run or a double would be great. It's just, it's easy right now to see the negatives when a guy's hitting 190 because there's just so many opportunities. Yes. Well, what have I said, Dan, from the beginning of the season, nothing ends a twins rally like, like Miguel, a Miguel Sano, Sano at bat. I love that you know. I that know your phrases. You have, all right, let's move forward here to the Rocco's <laughs> Rewind. Rocco's Rewind. Well, then, what do you have for us here for Rocco? So there's not a lot here that we can really criticize Rocco for. I don't think that he poorly managed this series in any one decision and such. But So I'm going to praise his willingness to let Kirilov play. And I mean that in the sense, first of all, putting him in the lineup, yeah. recognizing the value that he has for this team. Um, but also, and I know you call him kind of Eddie Rosario's second coming and such. And <laughs> Absolutely. Kind of, he's very similar to that. But letting the guy run the bases and be aggressive. Yeah. Here's the thing. This Twins team is not great. He's going to learn a lot, one would think. <laughs> Well, I guess if he follows in the (laughs) steps of his predecessor, learning isn't exactly something that they do well. So maybe he will learn a bit more than it because maybe Alex Kirilov will will learn a bit more discernment here through this process of being like, oh, I can try to stretch that into a double in this situation. Oh, I can probably take third because he's got good instincts, I think, generally on the base. 
to see an opportunity. And I hope that then the rest of this season gives him a chance as a base runner and as a hitter. He's going to start now pretty much every game, I would think, the rest of the way. To your preseason prediction that Miguel Sano is probably not going to play nearly as much as somebody else at first base the rest of the season, I think Kirilov's the guy. Yeah, I think so. I had Rooker uh, originally. Well, you did have Rooker. So I'm excited to see Kirilov. Uh, What about you? What's your Rockos rerun? Yeah, so I think here's the thing. I think we tend to, when, when a team isn't performing well, Oftentimes we look at the manager and we we blame it on the manager's demeanor, right? Mm-hmm. Like, especially when you have these guys who are more quiet. So Molitor sort of suffered the same fate. Guys were upset that Molitor was kind of took a backseat approach, let the players play. They know how to play baseball and Molitor is just going to help them sort of in the off season and during trainings, things like that. Whereas Rocco, also a very chill dude. I think that Rocco needs to keep the calm demeanor. And I think at this point, knowing that the season is lost, this is my telling Rocco how I think he needs to handle this moving forward. Keep yourself calm. Keep the same demeanor. This season, yes, especially at the beginning of the season, the way that you manage the bullpen definitely led to some losses for this team. But those were growing pains, learning experiences. I think that Rocco still needs to keep himself calm. Don't change the way you're doing things just because this season has gone so poorly. Well, I don't know. What does that mean? Does that mean you think he's doing a good job this year overall? I think that about maybe the quarter mark of the season, I think he started to figure out what he had with the bullpens and the pitchers, and then he started to play them appropriately. And there's only so much weight you can put on the manager's decisions when players aren't performing and you literally have nowhere to turn. Okay, so so now that he's got a sense of the team and a sense of who he has, you feel like he's doing a better job employing them. Correct. Because you've talked about how he manages a loss really well, which is a really important thing, right? You you, you can't burn your best arms. You you have to be able to give guys rest. Okay, I I see that. I think that that makes some sense. I think the proof is somewhat in the pudding here than the rest of the way. How does he manage this team going forward so that he doesn't lose them. Yes. And so that they can see there's some momentum building, hopefully towards next season. Correct. So uh, let's uh, let's push forward here, Dan. Minnesota moment. Minnesota moment. We have held off, David, for talking about the thing <laughs> that social media is talking about. Josh Donaldson. Is he the second coming of AJ Pruszynski? Oh, is my. he Chuck Knobloch? These are things that I'm seeing on Twitter, David. I, I don't even know how. Can we just talk about Donaldson as our general Minnesota moment here? Yeah, I think so. So I have him as well. So we both kind of have Donaldson, different aspects of this Donaldson story. So let me walk you through this, folks. If you weren't caught up on this a couple of weeks ago, Donaldson called out specifically Garrett Cole, along with many other pitchers who were using banned substances on the mound or a combination of non-banned substances to make substances that would give the pitcher more grip on the baseball. It's kind of like Breaking Bad for pitchers, right? <laughs> like <laughs> using what they've got around the house, some sunscreen, some rosin. Yeah. Is that not really? Yeah. It's not quite the same, but no. they're using what they got. Yes, they have some alchemy on the mound to create right. a sticky substance that is giving them better grip on the baseball. So Donaldson has been kind of at the forefront of this movement. And as you've noticed, folks, if you've watched some games here, MLB has implemented pitching checks every half inning. So each pitcher out on the mound is being checked for the sticky substance. Well, what happened in this series? Now, granted, when Donaldson hit the home run, this series was not over yet. Um, and no. now that this, now that the series is over, he kind of looks stupid, I'd say. But anyway, so Donaldson hits a home run off Giolito. And as he's crossing home plate, he says, his hands aren't sticky now. And then there were post game interviews where Donaldson continued to well giolito was the one who, who yeah he said some mean things about He's, josh donaldson yes. josh donaldson didn't talk until the next day the, yes he had collected his thoughts <laughs> he, why he's just become the poster boy for this yes i are there no other players who are willing to speak up does it matter that he's speaking and 
He's speaking off the field and on the field about it. Andrew Hoganson, so Hogs, who filled in for the for the podcast a few weeks ago, we have very different perspectives on this. I hate this. I don't mind that Donaldson called guys out, but I think that there's a respectful way to do it. And I think that he is going out of his way to being disrespectful. I and agree. Andrew yeah. loves him for this. Uh, like, okay. And he loved it last time when last season, excuse me, when Donaldson would kick the dirt over home plate again against the White Sox. Yeah. Which, and that was a huge game. And he Donaldson got kicked got out kicked of the game. Yes. Yeah. Here's the thing. I understand that some players need a little bit more of an edge in order to get themselves going, especially this season. I don't know how much I care that Josh Donaldson gets going or not because the twins aren't doing anything this season. So I don't really want to have a douchebag on the roster. <laughs> <laughs> you were saying that so eloquently and then you throw it up. I, I don't like Josh Donaldson either. I do like that he's finally hitting some home runs and showing some pop in his bat. I, I wish that he would, yes, I, I wish that he would just kind of back off a little bit on the taunting yeah, and such. Yeah, I don't, especially when you're losing. Yes, oh, that's the man. thing. I, I've never liked a taunter when you're losing. Correct. Right? Because then it, it seems like you're just being a, a poor sport. And, and when you're winning, then it's a poor sport too. I just, I just don't think there's a place for it in baseball. But does that make us seem kind of like not edgy enough it makes it seem like old people that's right but yeah. I, I but yeah but it's it goes back to why i don't like booze and why i can appreciate like a good play by another player like yeah. i just appreciate baseball well played i don't need somebody to rub somebody else's nose in a bad pitch yes but then th- there's this whole layer of are they cheating or not and that's the part where it's like do you need players to speak up like this to make it actually change well maybe maybe but again i think there's a there's a right way and a wrong way to do it and i know a lot of guys love what donaldson is doing sure i just i have no problem with him calling people out again it's just the way that he did it and here's the thing i wish what would have happened i wish giolito would have hit him with his first at bat and then donaldson hit a home run mm-hmm. without donaldson saying anything like specific to a pitcher or for mocking or taunting and then even more so, let's say Donaldson hadn't said anything the day before or hadn't done the taunting, and then the next day he hit the home run again, mm-hmm. how much more effective and cool is it if Donaldson hits that home run and does the whole drop in the bat thing without having all the extra? Yeah, you know, I think so too. So I don't know where they're going to go from here. I I know spin rates are down considerably since they yep. started this rule, so there's got to be something there. You have such a big sample size. I'm worried. I, I just don't want another scandal to hit baseball. Yeah. I, I don't think that's good for the sport. Well, I think it's here. Right? I, yeah, it's probably well, here. It's here, but I, it doesn't feel like as big of a deal because it seemed like it's not like players didn't know this was happening. Right. Right. Whereas with the Astros thing, I think there truly were teams that did not know this. Was well, happening. but I'm talking more about like steroid era, you know, yeah, where, yeah. where that was rampant what, and people pretty much knew this that was happening. That's not that's a you, different. You don't think this is the same? I mean, I would say, I guess. Is this more equivalent to corked bats or to steroids? Oh, corked bats. I yeah, would say much right? more so, like corked bats. So I think it's more like corked bats. And that was a bad thing. Yes. Right? It was bad. But it's different when you're not like mutilating your body. Well, there's yeah. <laughs> there are, the <laughs> so, long-term difference of, of rosining and sunscreening a baseball, yes, yes is different. Maybe uh, skin cancer, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's well, if anything, they're going to prevent the skin cancer because <laughs> they're wearing more sunscreen. <laughs> All right, let's move forward here uh, to Mauer's Musings. I just don't know how it can get any better. Mauer's Musings. So, and and again, I see we're kind of related here. A little bit, yeah. So my question to you is, how do you manage this lineup going forward? And from the sense of, are you trying to win as many games as possible this season? Or are you trying to set yourself up for next season? And are those two separate things? Yes and no. I think that you need to care a lot less if you're getting victories, especially if you're giving young guys opportunities. I would say... The veteran guys who you know who are going to be on this team next year, let them play as much as they want to play. Let them try things out. Let them do different things. 
it does not matter if you win another baseball game this season. Dude. No, that's a good point. So do you, do you does Rocco sit down with with the veterans like Donaldson and Cruz for however long he's here? Um, guys like I don't know who else would fall into that category. Blanco, Kepler. Because here's the thing, Kepler's got to earn a job right now on this team in some sense. As far he's hitting two hundred. Yeah, I mean, you, the, you, why do you love Kepler so much I, here in this situation? <laughs> he's not been he's never been an average hitter. No, no. But I do think that he's had some injury struggles this year and I don't see him. I guess I see him as the long term center. Or, excuse me. I see <laughs> a little Freudian uh, slip there. I see him as the long term right fielder for the next few seasons. And I think that he is good enough to do that. And I think that it's just been a weird season for him this year. And I think he seems like a guy who potentially feeds off. Think of all the walk off hits he's had. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So obviously he's a guy who feeds off the success of a team. Well, Dan, there's not a lot of success to feed off of here. <laughs> no, there's not. So maybe that is the the thing. You you just you give guys the playing time that you feel like they want, yeah. right? To keep that good relationship with them, and then you have to you have to clear the roster of some guys. I think, which is to your point, I think in, in your musing, I think they got to trade some guys here sooner than later. Yeah. To make these decisions a little bit easier. Here's what I'm thinking. So I'm going to ask the question. I'm going to answer it, and then I'm going to let you answer it as well. So my question is, who would you be sad to see go? Is really the question. Mm-hmm. So the names that I have on this list that seem likely to move, who could be traded yes. at this point? And, and teams would actually give something potentially, even if it's not a great haul. So the names I have here, Cruz, Simmons, Hap, Maeda, Barrios, and Buxton. Mm. Now, I because I think the other guys are signed to longer term deals that other teams don't want. Sure. Right. And they don't want to give up the players that it would take to get them. Out of those players, Dan, I would say, I obviously, I don't want Buxton to go. I don't want Barrios to go. And I don't want Maeda to go. I truly don't want them to go. I don't care if Cruz, Simmons, and Hap go, though. No, it's hard to disagree with you there. I will be sad to see Cruz go because of what he has meant to this franchise. Yes, the I, last should, couple... I should say I don't mind him leaving because he's of no value to this yeah. team because they can't do anything. So I'd like to see him win. So I'm I'm happy for him, even if I'm sad to lose him. You know, you mentioned this like Jay Hap might have some trade value, David. Oh, my goodness. I knew this was going to come back to bite me. Yeah, I'm, I'm he, glad you brought He that might up. be worth a single A pitcher, I suppose. <laughs> um, I would obviously be the sad to see Buxton go because yes. as we've talked about I think he's the kind of player that the twins need in order to win a championship yes because he's just so darn talented and I get that he has injuries we've been over this before Barrios and Maeda that is interesting because they're, if they're, if they keep those two guys then you've got pretty solid in theory a top what if, two of, an, of a pitching rotation what if you don't oh then I think it's a huge problem you're rebuilding your entire pitching oh, rotation and it, you are going to be bad next year yeah you are going to be very bad next year unless you literally spend a hundred million on pitching yeah and I think that's not a great decision for this franchise. I yeah. think that they've got enough other pieces too if they stay healthy and they play pretty well. I mean, the guys have played down almost across the board this year in some sense, right? Yes. Uh, you mentioned the weird year, of, you know, the way that COVID kind of came through this team and kind of threw off the beginning of the season, you know, some weird beats and things like that. I, w- I would not want to see Barrios and Maeda go because of that, because then it says they don't have faith in next season. And I don't feel that way. When I think if one of them goes, the other should go. Yes, that's a good point. That's you may as well. Like, right? If you're getting rid of one, there's no reason to keep the second. Sure. Because it, you truly are in rebuilding mode. Yeah, and I'm I'm just not ready to go back to that. No, yet. and that's why I don't think there's so many articles about how the Twins are looking to move Barrios, and I just do not see that happening. Dude. No, but your take about if they if they trade Barrios and then they should then they should also trade Maeda. I think that yeah. makes sense. All right, series grades, David. Series grades. Who cares? Yeah. Who cares? I think okay. I think we owe it. Yes, it's an F, David. <laughs> I mean, there's no other way around that, but. We have to try to look forward here for some 
no, it's it's enough. It's enough. There's nothing. There's nothing here. We don't need to talk about this anymore. It was terrible. It could not have gone worse. Well, okay. So, but let's give some rationale. So, what this, rationale is no, necessary? I, I, I'm saying it's an F because this was the failed opportunity. Yes. To try to make some to make the next few weeks more exciting and yes. realistic to get to the trade deadline and maybe be able to get back within six or seven games. Correct. And that's gone now. So, yes. so that's why I would say it was a failure, not just because they played poorly, but because this was such a big opportunity to what looked like maybe win four games to even win three out of four would have felt pretty good and the fact that they got robbed of even that first game yeah it's a fit it's enough but that's why it's enough yeah it just it hurts more i think if i could give a grade lower than an f i would yes okay let's let's keep pushing here dan puckett's picks for the uh, upcoming royals series that i'm sure we're going to be watching very closely (laughs) and we'll see you puckett's picks well okay so the listeners have taken Luisa Rise, so you can't Ooh. take Ooh. Luisa Rise. But you do get to pick first. <laughs> well, uh, and I, I'm going to take Nelson Cruz. Yeah. I, I have to take him. He's, if he's still on the team, then. Well, what happens if he gets traded? If he gets traded before the series starts, we'll let you choose someone else. What if he gets traded after game one? Do I get him for the new team? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I week? mean, most of your guys you pick only play in one game anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Nelson Cruz, you go ahead. Now you have to make a real choice here. David. I know, I know. Well, no, I don't. It's really simple. Alex Kirloff? No. Miguel Sano. No. Max Kepler. Max Kepler, Dan. <laughs> I'm back. My arrive uh, oh, streak is man. over. It's, it's time to start another streak here with Max Kepler. My boy, Max, Dan. Yeah, you. well, you better hope. The problem is they have no big games coming up here, so there's no big hits for him to feed off of, as you say. I suppose. That's a that's a fair point. Though, yeah. you know, the Royals games, those are was so heated. Yes, you yes know, very, the- <laughs> very heated games. These two teams that are just jostling back and forth from last place. Who... <laughs> Who will Josh Donaldson anger this series? I will say credit Josh Donaldson for caring. You know, he still cares. He is making a ton of money, so at least he he cares about winning. Yeah, I'd rather have him win some games, Dan, instead of talking to the media about this garbage. He's got great hair, though, with the highlights. Dan, as this is your last time in studio for a bit here, will you uh, do the honors of sending this out? Oh, man, yes. Well, folks, if you like what you hear, please do tell a friend. You can follow us on Twitter at Min for the Win. You can find our Min for the Win Facebook page as well. Make sure you've subscribed to the podcast so that you're alerted when new episodes are available. And if you could leave us a rating, that'd be great. Thank you for listening. And as always, go Twins. That'll wrap up another episode of Men for the Win, a podcast hosted by David Kufis and Dan Thompson, two avid fans who appreciate well-played baseball, especially when it's done by the Twins. Thanks so much for listening. And as always, go Twins.